right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here in the Kill House. TC is here with me. Hello, TC. Still buzzing from that LPGA finish. A lot of weird golf today. Very weird golf. Big Randy back home in Denver. Hello, Mr. Big. Hello, gentlemen. Happy to be here. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to debrief our week out at the KPMG Women's PGA. You may have seen on Callaway's social and their website this week, they announced their newest wedge this week, the Jaws Raw. You may have also seen them in play this weekend in the bags of tournament winner, the Travelers Championship winner, Xander Shoffley, and also Kevin Kisner. The Jaws Raw replaces the much-loved Jaws MD5, delivers something that we all love to see from our wedges, spin, control, and versatility. And the spin comes from the most aggressive groove in golf combined with a raw face and the raw face means there's no chrome or other material between your golf ball and the groove just means more friction more spin uh, the wedges also feature tungsten plugs in the weight port and a progressive center of gravity throughout the lofts uh, so the lob wedge won't launch too high on a full shot or a pitching wedge that won't launch too low there's four grind options 17 lofts two finishes you can customize this. There's something for everyone. We got a couple of these sent to the Kill House. You'll be seeing them in upcoming content and hearing what we think about them quite soon if we ever get back out on the golf course. I'm very excited to put them in play. So learn more about how these wedges can bring you pure spin in its rawest form at CallawayGolf.com slash Jaws Raw. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Jaws Raw. I hit him yesterday. How You played golf yesterday? Uh, I took Fred to the range. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I was growing the game, Randy. And uh, first of all, it was a sweepstakes out there. I mean, I mean so dozens many of kids. It was crazy. You would have hated it, Randy. And uh, <laughs> I hate that. Uh, I hit the wedges. They feel great. Now, granted, everything feels great off, off, the, of, mats. off the mats over there. But we'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. We do. We should probably get back out and play some golf. The golf world making it pretty hard to get out there and actually do that. But, man, it's hard to imagine that NG Chun went wire to wire to win the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, and it doesn't even feel like she's even close to the biggest story that came out of the KPMG Women's PGA today. Well, that, that was the weirdest wire-to-wire victory I've ever seen. She shot 75-75 this weekend. <laughs> there was a tweet going out, if she just shot 75-75 in the first two rounds, she wouldn't have made the cut. She would have missed the cut by two. <laughs> now, some of that, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were there. We were there. Bad setup. We'll, we'll, we'll save that. We'll setup. save that. We'll discuss that. I, I probably disagree with you guys in the opposite way of, of what you're going to say, but we will get to that. Let's let's stay focused in on, first of all, NG Chun shoots a opening round 64 that was roughly 75 strokes gained. I think that was the final number, Randy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, Justin, yeah, Justin Ray confirmed that, I yeah, think. I think. Ken it was, Duke shit. It was unbelievable. There was That score was not out there, and it wasn't because it was windy or – you know, especially firm is literally the opposite. Like the ball wasn't going anywhere. It was crazy long. And she was the only one to go do anything in round one. And I just, I don't recall seeing somebody play so relatively average after round one and win a major championship. It just, you know, she, she did hit some huge shots on the back nine today when she needed to and made the clutch putts. But uh, man, I, it's, it's weird. Inji Chun uh, predates my history play, uh, covering women's golf. So like I have no recollection of her winning two major championships and this being her third, and that's just a it's a that's a weird experience. I I, I don't have like the the context really to put it in, uh, as we've only been really covering women's golf for five years or so now. But that's just it's interesting. Three three time major champion. That's as many. That as was a surprise for me. Too. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, now, granted, there are five women's majors as True. well, so they have more more sample size, more more Correct. chances there. Yeah, I mean, I think story of the day, Lexi, uh, who still only has one major in just a you know career what fifty plus starts, only one major. It's wild. It was super painful, crazy to watch. It's amazing to watch someone be so incredibly strong at one aspect of the game. I mean, she is, I don't know if the numbers, you know, bear this out, but like one of the best, if not the best ball striker out there. She hits it incredibly long, straight. She hits the shit out of her irons. And it just, this happens so often in majors. Like not, we're not talking about like, you know, a missed eight footer here and there. Like some of the worst imaginable like Chuck Knobloch, Ricky and Keel, like putting in in the back nine of a Sunday, and it's it's weirdly captivating. I don't think it's fun to watch, but it is. Oh, speak for yourself. Well, it's it's theater. <laughs> like it, it, I I don't think it's I don't feel great watching someone like melt down. No matter what you may think of her or or whatnot, it just doesn't feel. It's a weird aspect of sports to watch somebody be so dominant in one aspect of it, and uh, and just unable to get the ball in the hole. You put it right. I think you on our on our Slack channel earlier. You said. Quote, she's like a build a player where you used all your yeah. all your points or all your resources on distance and ball striking and you just didn't <laughs> use anything. We'll figure out game. the putting. We'll f- we'll figure it out, I guess, but at least like through like 63 holes or something, Justin Ray tweeted that she was a uh, positive strokes game putting for the week. That didn't make me feel any better about what was about to happen. I mean, I I it's just it was horrible. I mean, three foot putts that weren't even touching the hole. You know, three putts from fifteen feet, a skanky chip on sixteen that looked hor- horrendous. That I mean, it looked awesome. like a, it looked like a TC chip, like the whole short grass, the man. whole fo- you know shoulder lean and all that stuff. And um, man, it was it was just tough. Big, what's what's your reaction? Yeah, similar to what you guys experienced. It is, um, it, it's compelling. It's really it, it's great tv and i almost oh, i don't know if i feel bad saying that but man watching lexi try to close out a golf tournament is like as about as good as women's golf gets i think going back to like her and Inji chun you know you mentioned and it even predates me a little bit too like i don't have strong recollections of either of Inji chun's previous major wins but she's only 27. That's, that's, what's kind of crazy too, is like, I was expecting her to be in her mid thirties or something, but she's 27. Lexi's 27. I, I, I think with Lexi specifically, what's, what's even more fascinating on top of obviously scar tissue in the majors is she's not winning any LPGA events. She she's over three years winning any LPGA event, which is just mind boggling for as you said how good she hits the ball because make no mistake she is like world-class cream of the crop tee to green and and just cannot finish golf tournaments it's it's incredible and it it, this there's a weight she carries in terms of kind of for at least a long time she was viewed as the the great american hope when it came to the women's side and it just looks like she is just mega not cut out for that like to carry that cross like it just it's not, like I said, the putts were not close. Uh, I mean, their her effort on eighteen to win from from mid range did not scare oh, the, the whole. one. The one, I mean, the the one and a half or two footer. 
I mean, it didn't touch the hole. I mean, it was like a fadeaway, and uh, yeah, it, it's it. But it, like, there's actual context there. Like, we've seen her do this. We literally saw her do it at the U.S. Women's Open last year. She had a five shot lead on the back nine and wilted away and didn't even make it into a playoff. Like, there's layers of this. Of like, I found myself like. I have no personal ties to her at all. I don't know her at all. I don't hear great things about her, mostly because I talk to you guys a lot. But I found myself like rooting for. Her. I wanted the. I don't want like the. I want it to be interesting, and it was. But I don't want that to happen to anyone. Maybe, almost anyone. Like maybe I'm just the complete opposite. Maybe I'm a dick. I don't know. But like, I view her as like Patrick Reed. She's like the female Patrick Reed to me. Like unrepentant, like like rules violations in the past that she's never once publicly addressed or done anything with the pace of play, uh, the refusal to, to, to do media today and last year after the U S women's open, just like just the body language a lot of the time, um, you know, and, and, and just, you know, it seems like she comes from a very, very bizarre family background. Um, you know, so like maybe it was just like the deck was stacked against her. She's a really, really great golfer. Right. But, but I just, like, it's just not for me, right? I mean, I, I thought she should have been penalized for a pace of play. Like, they had him on the clock. Why do you have him on the clock if you're not just going like, to? And I guess she got fined after the round. But Which is wild. Imagine walking off the course and be like, yeah, you got fined on top of what, what just <laughs> happened. Like, like, I found myself for a long time now, like, rooting against her. And, like, it's been two of the most compelling final <laughs> rounds I've watched in, in men's or women's golf in recent memory in the last two years. Like, her collapses. It's crazy. What's what's really sad? I I don't think I root against her. I I'm Sully. I think I'm more sympathetic, probably like you are. I you know Lexi hasn't done anything personally to aggrieve me or anything. I actually thought like last year around the Solheim Cup, you know she was she was in the team room. She was more involved than I maybe even anticipated. Um, like, like she was starting to act like a real human being. It seems right? like it. I, and I think that's the hope. I, my, and again, I don't have great insight here, but my, my some of my perception is like young phenom prodigy and just, Tron, I think you nailed it with a, a bit of a strange family. Seems like could be a little overbearing. I, I just wonder, like, she seems to me like she's just never been super well adjusted. But on the golf course, yeah, it, it's it's almost to the point where you can take the collapse to the bank, which is an amazing, amazing place to be. Like I'm trying to think who the equivalent would be, even where it's like any time. Like I at no point during today's final round did I think she was going to win. Like it, it just, I, I was expecting almost exactly what played out to be what played out. Yeah, that's quite, quite incredible. I have a comp on the men's side, which is not going to be what you expect. And the, I don't, I, I'm going strictly off of records in majors. It's going to be an incredible parallel, not based on the fashion in which it's done, because he's a friend of mine, but Jim Furyk. Hmm. One major win, four runner-ups for both of them. Furyk has 16 top fives in majors. Lexi has 13 top fives in majors. Uh, she has 19 top 10s in majors. He has 23 top 10s in majors. He has 17 career wins. She has 11. I was going to say, Furyk won. I love that. Furyk won more. And it's right? early. I mean, you know, obviously we're a lot of years into Lexi's career, but not, you know, we've we've seen 
Jim Furyk's full PGA Tour career, right? And I think yeah. she, I would guess she wins another major. I mean, she's too talented of a ball striker. I mean, crazy for her not to win another major. I know, but but at the same time, like I agree with you. But if you literally can't get the ball in the hole, I I don't know how she's gonna do it. <laughs> I think she's gonna have to be up by like six or seven shots. Yeah, I I think she can eventually ball strike a a tournament to death and just the putting and doesn't end up mattering. But who knows? It might have to yeah. be an enormous enormous lead on the back nine. That was my thought today. Like, like big big greens. You're gonna have some weird comebackers coming back, especially if you you know if anything happens off the tee and you're and you're off balance, you know on the second shot at all. Um, but even then, like it was you know she hit a couple three woods into the par fives that kind of leaked to the right, and then she's she's short siding herself, you know still off of short grass, but short siding herself with a bunker between her and the hole, and then having to you know hit a very uncomfortable chip shot, and even like on I think it was on on eleven I think where she. Like she did that on eleven, on the par five, and then yeah. makes like a fifteen or twenty footer. Yeah, coming she, back, she opened the back nine, making a clutch par on on ten with about a five footer. The ones that like are like a big question went right in the center, yeah. and then had about twelve foot birdie putt on eleven, and it went directly in the center. And it was kind of like, oh man, is it is it time? And then dumped one in the bunker on twelve, which was kind of inexplicable. And then was twelve the one where she missed the like a foot and a half? No, that was fourteen. She 14, missed okay. a total tap in on fourteen. Um, then it comes back and birdies fifteen, which is the hardest hole. I think twenty. They said twenty one percent of the field or something hit the green on fifteen, totally blind, downwind hole, super firm, couldn't hold the green. She makes a putt from the rough uh, on the back, and then yeah, is green side in two on a par five on sixteen, and with a two shot lead and walks off that hole tied for the lead with Ng Chun. Then even like you know coming down the stretch, her swing you could tell got a little bit loose. Like on eighteen, the drive on eighteen, all that. And it's like the putting in the short game is affecting the long game at that point. Yeah, I don't know how you just walk off a green just so incredibly deflated like seventeen. Just two horrible, horrible, horrible putts for a professional golfer, and and not let it creep into your ball strike. You got to think you got to hit it to six inches in order to actually hole it. And uh, I know that feeling. It's got it it's got a way <laughs> on you at a certain point. And uh, man. Couple questions. Yeah, Sean Ferg seventeen asked what our uh, the the PGA Tour comp was, and I think you you said DJ on Twitter. I said earlier. Dustin just because of the you know the longevity that long being like an elite ball striker near the top. Obviously, Dustin's woes aren't limited to putting, but before he won at Oakmont and before he won the Masters, you could argue, you know, you got the Chambers thing, you got the the Pebble Beach, you've got Whistling Straits, you've got you know a bunch of other things now granted he's had a lot more consistency but you know similar length career um you know dustin started later obviously but kind of you know overlaps and he you know he essentially like you would expect him to have won five or six majors yeah right are you saying lexi to live is that what you're saying well i think that's another yeah i mean <laughs> lexi obviously shares an, an agent with uh bryson uh uh, GSE, no big deal. <laughs> we'll we'll get there. That was meant as a joke. Uh, no, I, honestly, I would not be shocked if like Liv went after. Oh yeah, there's a a bunch of ladies, and Lexi would be at the top of the list. Oh yeah, front office sports had an article about that, and it, we'll, we'll get to some of that on the back half. But well, I was gonna say, I, ironically too, I think you know one of the comps would have to be Norman, and just the way that she has <laughs> yeah. famously, you know, lost a few of these majors. It's God, it's it's really really interesting. I keep coming back to what really sets it apart is you know she she's had 
13 top 10s over the last two seasons. Like half of her events, she finishes in the top 10 just over the last two years. Obviously hasn't won anything. And and I think that's what's really strange to me is usually you see somebody like this, like she should be winning three, four times a year on the LPGA. And to, to not win at all. It's crazy. Uh, speaks speaks to something. Yeah. Even like this isn't just like a monkey on her back in the majors. This, this is bigger, uh, which I don't I can't think of somebody on the men's side who has struggled like that just to win any event. <laughs> you, you can't I can't believe you guys haven't made the connection yet. <laughs> Relentless ball striker that the putter gets wobbly on Sundays. Well, to, uh, either Tone or, or Ricky were two of the – like Ricky, I think there are some similarities there just in the popularity and oh, more or less being the, the face of the women's game. I mean, there's nobody more popular on the grounds than, than Lexi Thompson. Um, so if that makes her like a little bit like Mickelson in that – it's almost like pre-Mickelson being able to win a major, although Lexi already has one. It's just very weird space we find ourselves in. It's like, I mean, Big Tones, he's he's a lot more irrelevant, right? Like, he's just kind of toiling over here on the side. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. but, you know, he's not going to get it done. Whereas, like, Lexi, she's, it's not like she hasn't won a bunch in her career, too. Right. Like, she's won. 11 times. Yeah, so. yeah. On the surface, you would think it'd be tough to watch, but no, I, I, the tank is full <laughs> for me. <laughs> Iron it, it's tough, and... It's tough to watch, yet you can't look away. It, it's, it's compelling. Uh, yeah, it's extremely compelling. Yeah, and, and I will say, I hate to say this, but like, it's awesome for women's golf. Yeah. It, it sucks for Lexi that she has to be that for women's golf, but man, Lexi in the hunt in a women's major yeah. <laughs> is about as good as it gets. What is this? Is there another sports comp for someone that is so prolific at a part of the game, but then you get to one aspect of it that is true, like you can't, you know, it... it Almost like a bad free throw shooter. I was, I was trying right? to think. Of, it's like Shaq doesn't really yeah. quite qualify uh, in that regard, but like a base, a hitter that can't hit left-handed pitching or something Chuck, like that. Chuck Knobloch. Chuck Knobloch. Knobloch. Yeah. She's obviously claw gripping right now. I, I mean, should she go left-handed? I feel like that's the final frontier. I, she like it, it can't hurt. Or like if she hasn't tried it yet, like, like try it. Because it's try that, try arm lock. Try try not putting try with the belly putter. Try anything, but like I'm I'm like I, it seems like for her, she fanned out a bunch of those putts today, and she she comes over it and pulls it as well. Yeah. But it seems like more of a fan to where like putting left handed, it literally takes your dominant hand out of it. It, it seemed like the the broadcasters were doing either whether it's factual or not, we're like really trying to not make excuses for her, but like really trying to hammer home a couple of times. Like she practices putting a lot. Like she's got a putting green in her house yeah. and she practices a lot. And uh, so it's not like she's not putting in the time and effort into it, but it is just truly like a, when you have that much scar tissue at this point, I don't know how, how it turns around and maybe try putting without the glove. That, that would be, uh, I get so I frustrated when people both online and just, I feel like they had not like the commentators in women's golf treat them with kid gloves. A little bit more, and it's like, yo, you like big purse this week. You want to be at the big table? Like, this is this is how it works, yeah. man. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not gonna pull punches just because you're a woman. Yeah. Like, if anything, like it's you know that's how it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. Uh, Randy, you had an NG Chun uh, little nugget you you encountered earlier this week that you were telling me about. Yeah, I I read about it. So NG Chun's first major let me make sure i'm getting that right the u.s women's open 
at Lancaster, Pennsylvania uh, Country Club. And she was so well treated by the fans and just was so appreciative. Uh, immediately after that win, she started a foundation, the NG Chun Lancaster Country Club Education Foundation, and has donated time and, and energy ever since that win back in 2015 to essentially putting uh, workers and, and kids of workers there, helping them with uh with college costs and so it's really cool uh the the fruit of that labor of that foundation is starting to pay off there's actually somebody that um i believe went to penn state that went through like the turf management program at penn state and is now a, a superintendent back in uh pennsylvania it, it's just a really really i don't know wholesome story about how ng chun and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and, and and the club in particular, just forged this this real bond. She seems like a a really really good person, and and I really enjoyed learning about her nickname as well, Dumbo, which uh, like the big cartoon elephant, you know, which I guess uh, her coach gave to her years ago because she was just always so interested, had her ears up, always wanted to learn. She seems like a, a really, really fascinating person. So I don't want that to get lost in, you know, that the, the result today as well. It was very weird to tag her in, in, in post this week. Be like, yeah, great, great shot uh, at, at NG Dumbo. Cause it, it kind of yeah. felt like you're, you're roasting her in some way, but no, I've heard nothing but great things about her. She, you know, did all her interviews and stuff in English, but you can tell us, you know, a work in progress for her, but to handle all that stuff was, she was doing ambush marketing as uh, she was in English and Deloitte, <laughs> give a Deloitte. shout to Deloitte after in the post game, which I, uh, they were rushing through that post game as fast as they possibly could. And then trying to get she, to the track and field as soon as she dropped the Deloitte, I've never seen a, a post round, uh, trophy ceremony before the cards are signed. That was the fastest turn of the actual like post round interview was done after they'd already handed her the trophy. That was it all happened within like five minutes of her making the final putt. Your your, your aunt Molly and uh, Mayor Pete calling in the fix. We'll get to we'll get to a few other things. Want to give want to give a shout out to our friends at Cash App, which is the easiest way to send, spend, and save your money. You can send or request money from friends and family when they owe you money for dinner or golf bets or anything like that. You can invest in any stock or buy Bitcoin with just one dollar. It comes with a debit card. You customize it cash app laser prints it and mails it to you it comes with free discounts on places you love called boosts you can use referral code no laying up all one word which gives you uh, new users 15 free dollars and cash up sets aside ten dollars to each sign up uh, for youth on course and basically so the more people we get using code no laying up when registering not only are you getting a free 15 dollars you're helping to support junior golf so uh, get signed up now we'll probably be doing some more cash giveaways during live shows uh, the rest, the rest of this year, and uh, shout out to everyone that won some money last week at the U.S. Uh, the U.S. Open, and uh, shout out to Cash App for sponsoring the show. Back to NG Chan, she she damn near hold that wedge on seventeen. Yes, and then you know didn't make the pot, hit a good pot, just lipped it, whatever. But she was rock solid down the stretch. I mean, she could have easily folded up like a lawn chair. She went four over on the front nine on I mean, Sunday, and it's got to be exhausting to hold a enormous lead for like. 48 plus hours. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, that's a big, big golf course. It seems like tough to walk. Like, you know, it's, it's wet. So it's even harder to walk. It just, I don't know, like bring me to the course a little bit this week. Cause I like on TV watching, I watched three out of the four days and I struggle with congressional. It looks better than it did. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting some fatigue on some of the, 
the rough edge bunkers that we're seeing everywhere, but but it also looks very kind of vast and impersonal and I don't know, just like I've just never gotten a good sense of congressional because it just seems like a factory kind of. I never saw it before, so I can't compare it to what it was before. I think it was, uh, you know, it didn't make for the most exciting viewing in prior iterations. Uh, what they have done, taken a ton, a ton, a ton of trees out, is great. You can see almost every hole from pretty much every spot on the course. I mean, slightly exaggerated, but from the clubhouse, you can see at least a glimpse of, I think, basically every hole. And, you know, the whole back nine, you could see exactly what's going on, especially for attending a tournament. If you're over on 12, you can look over and be like, oh, well, no, the court is over there on 14. Let's dart that way. And it, uh, it, it is a golf course that is meant to host big, big, big golf tournaments, right? In that regard, uh, there's a lot of things that work and some that don't really quite work, if you ask me. I'm really curious. Granted, they got 15 years to figure this out, but the 2037 Ryder Cup is going there and... I think they're going to have to flip the nines because several of the holes, 15 and 16, you get, the galleries could not get around. You can't get close to, and those are some of the most important holes when it comes down so to So then match you got play. a first hole par three then. Could be a first hole par three, which That'd could be, be sweet. Sick. I know. It, <laughs> it could would, be yeah. awesome. <laughs> it would be very sick. And I think they could make the basically the sixth hole becomes 15, which would be a par five, and then 16 is a, a cool par three that I think uh, kind of centers the environment a little bit better. But – yeah, there's. Uh, just, I think they could have done a better job with. Uh, which I, I got word that Kerry Haig is actually in charge of. He goes around and puts all the posts in the ground for every single rope that goes out there. I thought they could have kind of let fans get a little closer in some spots. They Not kinda, a good week for Kerry Haig. I, I somewhat agree, but yeah, the golf course is it's bold, it's vast. It the first impression when you walk in is like this is incredible. It looks awesome. The fescue looks awesome, which is a brand new addition to it. It's a whole new aesthetic wide fairways, big undulations, bold. And, and the, what I'm not quite sure on is the greens are very bold, like very, very is it bold. Overshaped? It is. I don't know. I'm going to hopefully play there in a couple of weeks and I'll maybe get a little better impression of it, but instinct to the eye. Yes. Like just very dramatic, deep bunkering, very severe slopes in some of the greens. And, um, it was, I mean, they just like, a, they set it up in round one way too long, just way too long. I mean, and be like the, a lot of the, a lot of the players couldn't reach like the fairway bunkers that are designed to be in the landing areas. Like you just hit driver as far as you can. And you're like 30 yards short of like the actual design landing areas. It seemed and, like there was a lot of rough right off the greens too, where, where there could have been shorter grass, like that, that spot where Lexi boned the, the chip over. Yeah. And she was in the short grass, and then she boned the chip again. Like, that was sick. Like, 16. that was like, give me more of that. There's a lot. 16 is a dramatic hole with the short grass and the runoffs, and Jessica Corda had a little issue on that hole as well. But A um, couple I, spots where the divots. Yeah. 17, all the balls collected in the same spot. 18 divots were, were kind of everywhere. Um, it, it does seem like the greens are concepted out for 72 hole tournaments. Like there's four really solid pins on each one, a good balance of like, put it up on this tier one day and then kind of down in this bowl. Like we saw it on the ninth hole today. It was up front. Lexi hit a perfect shot, used the backstop and it came all the way down. And I forget if it was he Jun Choi or, or Inji Chun that didn't get the right spin on it, carried it too far and had a really hard putt from up top. So it is like really good tournament pins. Is it like my favorite, favorite style of golf? I wouldn't say so, but it, by all accounts, it seems like a great improvement. It just kind of seemed like a little things, a little couple things that were just a little confusing, I think. But Randy, what did you think? Yeah, I echo pretty much all of what you said. I, I, I'm just thinking too, like uh, if you do flip the nines, like eight green, you couldn't really see uh, from the gallery that that's going to be a problem. 
it's yeah, it's it's really curious. There were like three or four greens where they're so pushed up, and the the ropes being where they were, like you really couldn't see the balls roll on the on the green. I thought it looked like it looked great, like you said. It, it kind of trying like it kind of feels to me a little bit like a hazel team, just, just like, like big a, and a, impersonal kind of a, a really big big ballpark where you know there's some little features here and there that I'm like man it like uh 10 right they have this this really cool the par 3 but they have this really cool mode area like down the hill the left side of the green and where I would think it would kind of like be built up to almost funnel balls onto the green it, it's like the opposite where balls will run away from the green and collect in like a depression um so it's just like decisions like that where you know I don't know. I, I might do something a little different or, or wish for something a little different, but I did think it looked, it, it yeah. looked really good. It, it looks like a course that, you know, you could lift it up and put it in Philadelphia or, you know, Pittsburgh. I, I don't know why it just felt like a very Pennsylvania type of golf course to me, you know, all, all in all, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great test for, for the ladies this week. I, you know, I've, was quite glad that they took the championship there. And honestly, I, I think I'll look forward to it returning in 2027. I, I was, I think all in all, I was, I was pretty in on it this week. Kind of strange club too. I've been there once and it was just like, kind of, kind of turned me off a little bit. I had delightful lunch with a couple members okay. earlier in this week. So uh, I think Solly got on the wait list. I am on the wait list. It's going to be a good 10 years. <laughs> Everybody always says all the members hate each other. <laughs> Which maybe they're, you know, maybe they're trying to get more members in there that like each other. Uh, Randy, there was a funnel pin on 18 today. Yeah, a little bit. 72nd hole. I was going to say, you know, Lexi had a really good approach shot into 18 yes. to, to give herself a, a look at that. Last thing on congrats, I don't know what made me just think of this. The clubhouse straight up looks like it should be in California. I, I the, the clubhouse seems very out of place with the architecture uh, style of it. Um, which is always a little bit jarring to me, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's probably neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Funnel pen, you know, what are you, what are you going to do today was spicy though, man. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was hot. The, the course had firmed up The the breeze was up. It, it was, it was a test. It was a lot going on. It was some white knuckling going on. We haven't talked about Minji Lee yet. Yeah. She, I mean, shit, she, she three putts 17, uh, just kind of juices her, her first putt. Really didn't didn't get it high enough. Kind of veers off three putts that birdied sixteen and eighteen and otherwise I mean she shot seventy with with the bogey on seventeen. Like I thought I was like man this is this is she's gonna snatch this thing. This is gonna be and scoring average was seventy five point three today. So yeah. seventy was a very very serious round of golf. I mean that whole front page of the leaderboard was just littered with uh, pretty enormous scores today. I mean it Lexi was seventy three and she shot seventy five. Uh, Atia Titiku shot 72 today and catapulted up the leaderboard. Nasa Atoka shot 69 today and ended up T5. I honestly did not Low know round that. of the day. That snuck up on me. H.J. Choi, 76. That was some of the worst golf I've seen in a, like a final group other than Cantlay today. <laughs> Anyways, that was kind of the theme of the day. Uh, Lilia Vu, uh, top 10, T10. There, she, She's been playing some very, very nice golf lately. Uh, Jennifer Chang as well. And then our young hitter, Lauren Coughlin, T16 finish, her biggest payday of her career by far, uh, by far. Uh, if you've been following her, her grind up through, uh, you know, 
what is now the symmetric was was the symmetric tour now the Epson tour. If you remember the story last year, she had to Monday qualify into the last event uh, at Pelican uh, to get in and finish top. Well, I forget what it was, thirty something like that to get her yeah. keep her card for this year, which gets her into this event. And now she goes finish T sixteen nine million dollar purse this week with K- at the KPMG. She makes one hundred fourteen thousand dollars and working towards re- you know securing her car for card for next year. Yeah, gets, gets into more tournaments yeah. this year. Locks it up for next year, gets close, and yeah. awesome to follow. I followed her a bunch this week. It was so much fun. She's hitting the crap out of it, and uh, it's fourth week in a row she played too, like yeah. exhausted. So good stuff awesome. there on the setup. I will indulge you guys for for a minute, Thank if you, you will. I think what I thought round one was just a bad setup. Yeah. It was it was not set up right for the conditions and for uh, the. The talent of the women, I think it kind of it was like it was like playing a um, you know taking a you know a basketball game and putting on an eleven foot hoop like it, it, what the skills that are supposed to be on display like don't really get an opportunity to be on display when like I said the the balls aren't even reaching the proper landing areas and there's if you're the bottom fifty percent of the field you're hitting three woods into par fours and can't get there on some of them and it just looked like the wrong day to to play a golf course at sixty eight hundred yards which. NB Park said it was playing closer to 7,200, which, like, if you translate that to, like, what men's yardage is, the women hit about 16% of the distance that men do. That's like probably, like, an 8,600-yard golf course. And if it's playing 70, 16% less. Yes, the okay. women hit 16% okay. less. Like, per shot, too. Yeah. It's not – It's not. Uh, you, sorry, know, you said just, 16% of what the men <laughs> – No, no, sorry, 16% less. And uh, it was just – so so freaking long which makes ng chun's rounds even more not understandable it's kind of why we were freaking out so much on thursday but I, the golf course firmed up as the week went along they got dumped on rain wednesday night i thought it was a, a very good test from that point forward i thought some of the pins were comically difficult and uh, watching lauren like try to get at some of them and like really rooting for somebody it was like looking at some of them like man how are you gonna hit this shot like this looks really really challenging it was a great major championship test from that point on and uh, I think my qualm is Friday. Friday seemed like an overcorrection. A little bit. I think it. If it was like a U.S. Open, I could kind of agree with that. I think it. Uh, it. It was a a challenging test to put on display, and it, like there was no wind either on on Friday. Yeah. Like it. It, it just cor- like the scores are going to correlate with wind. Like pretty much all these conversations that we have and. There were more accessible pins on that day, but there and they moved it. It was about 170 yards shorter on Friday, but it uh, it was like round one should probably should just played around that same yardage, if not less. And there were there were more birdie chances on round two, but there was still a lot. It wasn't like they put every pin in the middle. It was still like, dude, try to get at this pin in the back left corner, right near the water, or front right corner, right near a ridge, and it was. It was definitely a challenge. What a crazy like repudiation of their own setup to like basically shorten it by 170 yards the second day when it's drying out as well. When it's drying out more as well, so it's really 250 to 300 yards shorter. Yeah, like just what a bad setup round one. Like, yeah, Randy loved it. Carrie Haig, I'm just I'm just saying Rainy. it was. I mean, when when you talk about because it wasn't. It, like it was, it was nasty. It was wet and misted, you know, all the morning and even into the afternoon. But it wasn't especially windy Thursday, which no. made those high scores. I mean, it was a direct result of the golf course was just a beast. Like number nine, the par five, uh, was playing 580 yards, and 
No, it you was know, it was listed at 580. <laughs> it was playing like 780. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is exactly would be like, hey, when's the last time the men have had like an 800 yard par five, right? I, I don't know. Like I I naturally <laughs> just kind of liked it, right? Because it's like it was complete madness, and obviously some of the players were upset i know Paige mckenzie golf channel she was she was pretty upset with it too like i i understand it it wasn't like the best showcase of that's where i'm at didn't somebody start making... crying and the tally broke her putter and uh as a result of that was crying but uh, we uh, we were we were spreading the word around that carrie haig made a girl cry that was kind of i'm just all i'm saying with carrie haig is he like he always everybody slurps him they pretty his hard pga yeah. championship setups I, like I can't remember a great PGA Championship where it's 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 ramped up day to day to day for the last few years. It just seems like helter skelter, herky jerky, back and forth between days. You know, a lot of tour caddies are starting to talk a little bit. Like it, I just don't think the guy should get slurped like he does. I think he's average. I think yeah, I agree. He gets a ton of praise, um, and it. I think in general, his setups end up tend to be a bit safe. hard for the sake of hard yeah. and they don't necessarily promote exciting golf or entertaining golf, which I, that's what I felt in day one. It was like the women, we, we talk about this every time we talk about women's golf is like, it's really hard to convey how freaking talented they are and what pins they're able to get at, how aggressive they play, the precision in which they hit shot, their distance control, all of these incredible skills. And you take that all away when the holes are just too long. Yeah. Like it, it's just not, I just don't think it, uh, it it reeked of like someone like not that familiar with the women's game and how it's played um, in round one. That's that's how I felt. Now, I, I thought the way it played today was more just the result of one, the wind was up and the, the course is just I think it's just a naturally difficult course, too. Yes, yeah. um, but the, the way it played today was I, I thought wonderful. The, the other thing, I guess, uh, big takeaway from seeing congressional is like those greens are or there is a lot going on a lot there, there aren't like easy places to put the the pin on most of those greens uh you you can use you can put it so you can you know you can get some some funnels or or some friendly ridges if you're able to take advantage of them but it's not like hey we're just gonna stick it in the middle it's a big flat green like i there there aren't that many just easy spots to put flags on those greens i thought the tv windows were obviously horrific it's really really hard not to lay the blame of this at the doorstep of of nbc the fact is they they charge kpmg for the hours of coverage which you know basically puts the onus on kpmg to fork up more cash and if you go to this tournament and you, one, you see they just literally doubled the purse this year. And if you go to this tournament, it's literally impossible to say that KPMG is like not investing enough in this tournament. Like the infrastructure is insane. It is their dedication and the level of detail for every, everything that they put into it from the leadership summit they put on. And, you know, I, I, I really can't even describe like the level of like the, the, the media dining, the player dining, the caddy dining, all the things that go into uh, this event. And uh, it's just kind of gross that this is the structure of women's golf on TV. Threesomes like off split tees at, like, mid-morning, the leaders are going off in a major. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And especially, like, if you're gonna, if it's going to be that long, and still, today was 6,600 yards or something like that. I mean, if you translate that to the men's yardage, that's really long still. And you put them in threesomes with spicy greens, 
spicy wind conditions, you're set up to fail. Like the rounds are going to be slow. Like they're even mentioning how slow the rounds are on there. And it's like, hey, NBC, like the reason why it's slow is because they got to go in threesomes to fit your three-hour TV window that you're charging for as well. So it's just... It, it just sucks for golf fans if you want to. It sucks for, like, the long-term growth of, of women's golf, and I hope I hope it does get better. The um, fact that it's not televised before the network window yeah. is insane, too. Is this not what the cock is for, They people? Well, they put it on cock premium last year, and that didn't go over very well either. But it's it's tough. It, a lot of forces combined into, yeah, rushing the, you know, the trophy ceremony and the, the, like, the end of that. Like, while they're not, they're, they're not televising it, you know, from – what, 10 to 1 or whatever, and all ladies are out there, they're showing paid infomercials on NBC from, like, 10 to ten to noon, I think. And it's like, yo, just, like, put this, like, I'll watch the paid infomercials. Put this in a picture-in-picture, playing through. playing through box, and I'll watch it with one, no sound. You don't just understand give how, me the pictures. You don't understand how contracts work, one, obviously. It just it costs to to film it and do all that stuff, and it just they're being counters, man. It, which is which is a shame because there's some good holes on that front nine too. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think anybody really nobody just watching this tournament would have any real appreciation. I don't think for like the 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 front nine of the golf course. I, do, I certainly don't. Like I didn't really see much of it. You know. Yeah. Baltus Raw next year, um, Frisco in twenty five, but uh, not announced yet where they're going to go in twenty four. I've I couldn't get that. We couldn't. We asked around. Nobody could give us any inside info. I'm just going to guess Olympia. I think that would be. It's been seven years since they were at Olympia, and I think Chicago would make sense. They were at Kemper uh, the year after that in eighteen. But I, it, what if it, they're trying to throw a hail mary, like a really could be shocking, shocking top fifty course that. I'm surprised they don't have it figured out two years in advance, um, but we'll see. I, I, but freshly renovated Baltus Roll next year, I think, will be uh, another one that can maybe come back from from years of ridicule, like congressional. I, I do like this version of Congo better uh, than the one we've seen in prior years. So, we'll yeah, I, I think um, just kind of wrapping that conversation a little bit, we're probably overdue to effort Commissioner Molly Marcusaman yeah. on the pod. I, I think what I would be most curious to hear her talk about, we've seen these great purse increases at the majors and uh, like what's next. Obviously I, I think building out some streaming options uh, to watch, uh, you know, around the, the TV windows are, are of critical importance. And then I just wonder how much she thinks about, do we take some of this purse and try to invest in stuff like that? Or is it better served? Just let's make the purse as big as possible. And, and that's the way we can directly benefit the players. Uh, because it seems like I, I, I could, I could hear arguments for both things, right? For the players, it's like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's have you playing for as much money and, and earning as much money as possible. That's good for the players, the caddies, the, the support teams, but for, for the whole women's golf and, trying to bring new fans and, and really telling stories and showcasing more and more players, you know, we can watch the men's majors for 12 hours a day and you can go into however many, you know, specific groups and pairings and watch exactly who you want to watch. And it's just not possible at, in, in the women's game right now. And I, and, you know, I think something I get frustrated with is, you know, people will say, well, you guys don't cover the women's game like you do the men's game. And, and that's true. And and I think we're, we're trying to take steps, but, but it makes it really hard 
when you get three hours of coverage and you don't have stats on top of it, that, that's the, the other sucks. like extremely yeah. big pillar is um, taking these KPMG insights and, and, you know, getting them to the level that they are, uh, the strokes game, the, the very specific accurate uh, stats that we have in the men's game because it just makes it just gives context and it, and it allows you to tell stories and it allows you to compare people without just kind of talking in generalities and and just being non-specific about things so i you know it, it's the greater streaming options allowing people to watch more players and see more of golf courses plus the stats packages and i think those are the two big investments that have to come from somewhere in the for the women's game and just curious how you know the commissioner thinks about purse increases relative to some needed investments elsewhere would be fascinating because it's not an either or right it's it's you know the purse increases like the more this one sticks out like a sore thumb the more it makes the rest of the schedule look yeah kind of you know blighted and and, and the rest of the schedule has gotten better and better but it still has a ways you know like i mean mega catching up to do you know, probably more even next year because they're going to bump the purse again next year, right? And it's oh, like, yeah. you know, but at some point you have people in the boat, you have people wanting to watch women's golf, and when they when they only get the two or three hour window, like it's a slap in the face to them, right? Yep. Big time. So, Randy, maybe like I just realized LPGA, maybe it's the ultimate eye test because there's, <laughs> there's no stats. <laughs> Honestly, right? that's what it is. That's why Randy's <laughs> gotten so into it over the last few years. You just yeah. You just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to watch and, you know, I'll just go with what my eyes tell me. Just, just, you know, shoot from the hip. It's, I can't prove you wrong. Kind of when I, when exactly. I don't. <laughs> exactly. Airtight takes. Yeah, <laughs> prove me wrong. You can't. Listen, we've been rocking their gear for a while now. We can confidently say it is the best fit, the best feel. We've been at a lot of golf tournaments lately out at the, out at the KPMG Women's PGA's past week at Congressional. Saw Roback again everywhere. Walked by a guy at dinner last night. He had the exact same Roback polo uh, that I have. It is everywhere. Their performance polos fit so much better than your typical boxy polos. Their four-way stretch, next level. The material super soft while staying wrinkle-free. Then you got the Roback Performance Q-Zips. They're a game changer. I'm going on vacation this week somewhere that's going to be cool at night. I'm excited to wear some quarter zips. You do not get to wear them very often here it's in all, Jacks. It's always going to Portland. I am. <laughs> they are soft. You'll be hitting darts in these things all day. They are definition of versatile and perfect for a cool morning on the course or evening around town. And lastly, the Roback Performance Hoodies, the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf. Most comfortable performance hoodies on the entire market. Uh, I wear my, I, I wore mine ragged this past week out in DC. They're gaining traction big time. You can use code NLU at roback.com for generous 20% off your first order. That's roback.com, R H O B A C K.com, 20% off Q zips, polos, hoodies, and tees with code NLU. On to travelers. Guys, I got to admit, I didn't turn any attention to travelers until uh, uh, after four o'clock today. I will say, for once, though, LPGA and uh, PGA Tour. Finishing at different times was a nice thing. It was not yep. good that they had to do threesomes at a women's major to fit that in, but it was uh, it was good to be able to to watch both finishes comfortably today. I wish I didn't see the end of the travelers though. God, my that heart sucked. Hurts. My heart hurts. I just don't. I don't know why you're trying. Just just chip it out of the bunker, man. It's the one place you can't be on like that whole entire hole, and you just. I just chip it out. I didn't like Faldo calling into question the driver. Like everyone hits driver on eighteen. Like, you, like literally, even yeah. if you go in that bunker, like you are going to be able to get on the green. I was he, talking to some people too. I guess he. I guess he hits driver. 
everywhere. He doesn't have a three wood anyway. Yeah, so, like he's like that's his strategy, right? Like lives with it, dies with it. Yeah, there's. I did not understand that call. He didn't say it until after he put one up against the lip. Literally, the only place he could hit that drive and been in that much trouble was up against that lip. It just, uh, it sucks. He played so freaking good. He drove it in a divot on seventeen flights. Flights a shot through the wind on on out of a divot on seventeen rolls in the birdie to take the lead, steps up hits in that lip. Um, they captured the conversation with it. it. Sounded like his caddy was saying, you know, if we can't get it on the green, yeah. then we should just chip it out, right? And uh, and then you know try to get up and down for par. And it sounded like in in his post round comments he said, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but there looked like th- there was room. There was room. I just needed to not blade it. And it was a very much if it hits the hill, it hits the hill situation. And it, uh, I think he was saying he he makes a comment in there too of like if I do hit into this hill, it's going to tumble forward into the fairway. Top spin Anyways, just don't blade it under the lip. And he bladed it under the lip, and then lips out the putt. Like it's it just, was a good putt. I, it know. was, it was. I mean, I know it, it was, was a really good. It was a really good shot in there too. It was a bad swing off eighteen and a bad decision. I still think to do that, but man, that dude has gotten some shitty luck when it comes down to. Like a, a bad swing, but it was bad luck that it ended up right that far under the lip. Um, and then the lip out as well. And the divot on 17. Like, it's just like, dude, this dude, he's ripping our hearts out, man. We're rooting for you. Ah, it'll, it'll come. Fl- I mean, the floodgates will open. He's so good. He really is. It's funny because I talked to him at, uh, at Colonial and he just like, he, he always loves to like downplay his ball striking. It's like, I'm not really like a very good ball striker, but like, yeah, like for me, like I'm hitting it really good right now. It's like, dude, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're a really good ball striker. I'm not sure where you're getting this from, but, um, he seems just like a, like an aggressively humble guy. Yeah. Like he's yeah. just, just humble. Doesn't want to toot his own horn. Doesn't want to like, he's just, you know, he's just better than what he lets on. And if you haven't gone back and listened, we had him on the pod, I think back in April and he gave, Hey, I was right before the Zurich actually. He's a great interview. He's as likable as he, as he was after, after waste management. I hope there, I didn't see, I didn't see the post game. I'm hoping there was no tears this time around. I wouldn't be able to handle another round of emotion like that. Do you feel anything today watching that Randy? Just tough, tough, tough with that, with that play on 18. I, I thought he was going to do it. God, birdie and uh, birdie and 17. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what other analysis there is. Right. Like just, man, that, that really sucked on, on 18. I don't know. Do you guys, I feel like it probably loosened Xander up then to, to, yeah. to them birdie 18, you know, obviously stuffed it, stuffed it close and, and made the putt. That's not an easy hole 18, like, or it shouldn't be like, it's 450 yards up a fucking hill with a massive bunker down the left and a big hill up the right. And it's kind of this narrow shoot that you're, that you're looking through. Like I've stood back on that tee before and I'm like, dude, like this is a hard hole. And it's like a, it's like a driver, you know, like lob wedge for Xander today. It, it just, it's crazy to me. Maybe the ball goes too far. I don't know. We have, but we need more evidence on that. We'll look into that. I mean, maybe. Xander shooting 63, 63 to start the event. Like it's pretty good. I think he hit 17 of 18 fairways on Thursday. Greens. Or, or uh, greens. That would, 17 of 18 fairways would be, That'd be mo- tough. Would be remarkable. Um, he hit all 18 greens on, on, on Thursday. And then at 15, 14, and 16. <laughs> so he missed uh, he missed nine greens. He hit 63 of 72 greens this week. That's crazy. Like, that's a, like, I like this tournament. I like this golf course. 
Uh, I've always wondered how they've kind of gotten away with paying the players to go there. <laughs> I guess it's all sorts of media, they get kind of media rights, and you know, all over the country, they're like they do dinners for clients and pay you know pay some of these players up front, but then you know they all magically appear at the tournament or whatever. No, but they like this tournament does a great job. It punches above its weight, right? Always a good field, and they also do an exceptional job with sponsor exemptions. Correct. Like, they don't abuse the sponsor exemptions. They they get Great young guys. I mean, shit. Like when Cantlay shot what sixty there as yep. an amateur. Uh, Thor Bjornsson this week's a perfect example. Unbelievable, man. Uh, you know what he shot on the weekend? Sixty-six, sixty-six. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> also, also, you know what Mackenzie Hughes' current world golf ranking was? Is it sixty-six? Sixty-six. Wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <Some> synergies there. <laughs> I'm struggling with how hyped to get. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like Thor Bjornsson's an enormous talent. It is extremely rare to see an amateur you know, finishing the top five of a PGA Tour. I think Porter said it's like the the first amateur to finish in the top five of a tour event at, at any event with at least a 400 strength of field, meaning like a real, actual really solid field. Yet he looks so polished and so ready for tour golf. And, uh, you know, Spieth was winning events at 19 and Thorpe Bjornsson's 20. So I always tried not to get too, too hyped on, on a, you know, not necessarily an older amateur, but uh, something like that. But man, that was a that was a fun story to follow. He, he was, was right extremely in it. Polished. I mean, yeah. he was he was seventeen under going into twelve. Uh, bogey's twelve and thirteen. Pars out from there. Shoots sixty six and and really like, you know, if he pars both those holes, he's he's t two. Uh, and he said it kind of freed him up today because he wasn't thinking about money. He's like, it doesn't really matter what I finish. Right. It's, I'm you know, it's just good experience and. You know, it seemed like he like the moment wasn't too big for him. It was just a matter of him, him. You know, he just didn't execute in a couple shots. He said so. It's always crazy uh, to me, like when you when you hear uh, he was playing what Parziale in the yeah. in the uh, what was that the the, the Mass Am Mass think. Am and, and I think Parziale shot sixty seven in the first round and it was six down at lunch. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. He beat him like seven and six or something like that. I think my favorite thing with uh, Torby Orenson was just seeing him publicly credit Rose Zhang as his role oh, model. That's awesome. so awesome. If, if any listeners have not seen our Stanford women's golf video, uh, you can get a bit more backstory on that. But that was I, that was the highlight for me for uh, for him and and for the week. I think I was scrambling to figure out if this gets him into the deer, but he's he's going over to play the Palmer Cup yeah. this week, anyways. So um, I don't know if maybe a top five for an AM two also gets you into the next live event. I don't know whether or not it does officially or not. <laughs> sure, but. and he could play the Boston one. It'd be kind of a hometown <laughs> event for him, you know. <laughs> JT Post and finished T two as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the Post man. Uh, he's just like he's he's gonna be a, he's, he's gonna be a fifteen year twenty year yeah. PGA Tour player with like a dude that like wasn't anything coming out of college. Yeah. It's just, I just like, I have so much respect for his a, like he's like a microwave dude. He just yeah. heats up, but B he's just so like just immensely self, like immense self-belief without ever being cocky. So I think the, uh, the big story of the day, I think we can all agree. One of the most important rounds played in the history of the PGA tour. Apparently today was Patrick Cantlay. They uh, would not leave him alone at no matter how many doubles and bogeys he made today. They, I think they showed every one of his shot. Joel Damon even tweeted at a certain point, like, why are we still on Cantlay? He's lighting himself on fire. He shot 76 today. I think uh, it, it truly looked like space jam when like the monsters steal the, you know, steal Charles Barkley and, Ewing and all those guys, all their talent. Like, he couldn't do anything. It was crazy. 
he shot seven. He shot sixty three on Saturday, and then followed it with a seventy six. He had uh, nine bogeys and a double today. <laughs> I don't That's know what incredible. the big. I don't know what the big takeaway is here. I mean, we've killed him for his, you know, his results in big events, um, but he has delivered big results in medium to small events. So was, I don't. He was a trendy pick this week. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the big. I'm not necessarily ready to. to there were a couple people that were chiming in, like, is he, is you bad? know, is he not a killer? He's not Treadstone. Blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, we can talk he about that. Off day, yeah, right? we can talk about that for the the big events and why that doesn't translate. But he's he literally won the FedEx Cup last year, so. Uh, I don't want to get too high. I mean, it could it could be up for debate whether the FedEx Cup is a big event. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not. I'm saying it's like the okay. medium sized event that uh, that he seems to really thrive in. The but. one that he hit on eight, where it's a 180 yard par three. Oh my god, he dead chunked it, and he barely got it to the water. Yeah, you know, I mean, he must have hit it what 100 and it was 57 yards uh, short of the hole. He hit it 122, 122 yards. <laughs> it was so say. bad. Uh, but he also made five birdies today, so very, very weird round of golf. But Xander, uh, any big take? I mean, Xander played, obviously, incredible golf, won the golf tournament, and uh, kind of feels a little overdue for solo wins since 2019. But uh, I, I don't really know what, what the big takeaway is on that one. I just kind of shrug, man. I mean, like I, Xander's a tough one for me because I respect him. I like his game. He seems like he does all the right stuff. His dad's obviously a kind of a eccentric lunatic like i respect the hell out of that too <laughs> but like i just don't feel anything yeah i i'm right there with you tc six wins now you know a lot of good finishes and majors i i think xander is just firmly in the either win a major or don't but it, until you do win a major i doesn't doesn't really do a whole lot for me like I, i'm not sure what else there is to to even talk about with them right i would i would tend to agree and with that, I think we can move on to Pearson Cootie wins uh, wins on the. Ed can we go down the leaderboard a little bit? Oh more? yeah, sorry, we do have a couple more things. Right. Not down the leaderboard, but we do have no, a couple well, more things. Yeah, I mean, Chesson shot sixty four today, finishes solo fifth, solo fifth, and he moves up to one hundred and sixtieth in the FedEx Cup from two oh six. That's bleak. Good weekend for Keith Mitchell. Kisner kind of faded today. Uh, Stalling sixty three today. Really, really good. Very good round. Stallings continuing to run his uh, high volatility playbook. <laughs> uh, Chez, T8, mm. headed into the deer. How about it? I know Neil's excited there. Uh, one guy that I think we should, he's like a candidate number two or three for the death panel. Oh. We need to get him out. Dirt McGirt. William <laughs> dirt, McGirt. Dirt, dirt McGirt. Like, like this guy's made too much money playing golf. <laughs> He, he finished T8 this week. I don't even know how he's in the field. Uh, it moves up from 204 to 171 in the FedEx Cup. Uh, just a just a grouchy old old codger. Nick Hardy continues the, the heat check. T8, a second round 64. Uh, the, the dude's playing some golf. He's got to be worn out at this point, though, right? Speaking of being worn out, Roy McIlroy zooms out with a 62 in round one and finishes T19. He got. I I feel nothing towards this. He just got to be exhausted, right? I mean, he was cruising along, got to thirteen under. They made a quad on the twelfth hole on Friday and followed up with a double on fifteen, and then went. Yeah, he had got it to thirteen under and finishes at, at nine under. But uh, yeah, the dude on top of all the all the stress of everything else going on in the golf world and playing 
uh, a whole hell of a lot of golf. This was four weeks in a row for him, right? Um, I think he's got to be ready for a little rest. But so he's got so what he takes this week off. He takes this week off, and then he play. Does he play the Scottish? Or I don't no? remember if he's going to play the Scottish or not. I would think he would. Yeah, I I, I could be wrong there. At the Renaissance. How about Kokrak walking off the course on Friday? Which I guess it um, makes a lot more sense. When told he, it, <laughs> it's it wasn't a hostile. He went long on nine. They got up to the green, realized it was OB. He was going to miss the cut anyways. Didn't want to go back and hold up the groups behind him um, and just didn't record a score on nine. But if he would have scooped uh, let's just it, dream for a second. It looked sick on the shot tracker because yeah. it looked like he went 50 yards over the green and just like just left. total walk off. Scooped it. Like, like driver off the deck from 100 yards out. Kind which of if he does go to live and play Portland this week, which has not been announced, and I don't know if he is, that would it's going to go down in history that he scooped it and walked off to live. All right. I just want that to be very clear. I know he didn't, but that's how we're going to record this in the history books. I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to go. Anything else from uh, from the Travelers? Not really. Um, just, you know, continuing to go down the leaderboard here. Harry was on the on the pod. Harry and Joel. Joel shot 73-75 on the weekend. They both made the cut. A lot of people asking if I'm going to go caddy for Joel in the Scottish Open. Uh, before we finished that podcast on Sunday night, he uh, he had the, the spot had been filled, so it was it was not much of a real offer. Did Gino I, take it or did, no? It was oh, his okay. cousin or something that's going, and uh, I don't think I was going to be able to go anyways. Um, but I appreciate all the interest in that and the the fake offer from Joel. So, but Joel Joel making the cut, you know, coming off the U.S. Open, props there. Harry shot 64 in the second round, makes the cut, shoots 73, 77 on the weekend. You know, we're still we're still grinding. Mm. We're still searching for it. I also uh, Morgan Hoffman made the cut this yep. week. Uh, good stuff there. And then just unfortunate, unfortunate run of luck for Davis Riley on the weekend. Couldn't get it done for you guys. I know you guys are all picking him in, in our DraftKings thing. He seems like the magic bullet that you guys are trying to use against me <laughs> after you tried to assassinate me this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I all comments on this will go through my lawyer. That's uh, Morgan Hoffman's first made cut since. September of 2019 at the military tribute at the Greenbrier. That's cool, Rand. Did you look that up yourself? I just did. That's just cool. did. Yeah. On the Corn Ferry Tour, big story that was out this week was uh, that Pearson Cootie was, uh, which was the, the top finisher in the PGA Tour U, which got him status on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, was offered millions of dollars from Liv, turns it down. And then goes and, and uh, <laughs> wins the live and live and work in Maine Open or Championship or whatever it is on the uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour this past week. Once it by five, went and run away with it. Yeah, so, and really good. A cool uh, couple of cool stories up there in Maine. Uh, Cole Anderson, local Mainer, actually uh, also a Free Shoes University uh, student athlete. Uh, he was like co-leading or. Uh, second place and and you know really really good just a good week for amateur golf yeah right. definitely some big finishes bmw international how tong lee with back from the wilderness wins in dramatic fashion at the bmw international uh tc hated all of it he he was livid about how you didn't like that tc I, I i struggle with how tong i because i i you know some of the some of our international team lost at royal melbourne i would put squarely at his feet he showed up like he didn't even bring a fucking caddy of course, Randy. Listen, listen. He had his listen. trainer caddying for him. I know, I know. We're we're maturing. It's part of growing up. And then you know, I guess he's played poorly. Almost quit the game. Da 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 da. He's worked really hard to get back. Like honestly, man, everybody's working hard out there. You know, Thomas Peters is working hard. 
he was in the wilderness in 2021 and uh, fell, I, I believe, all the way to 467 in the world and uh, has played some really good golf since then and, uh, you know, has had other top tens this, in this past year and then goes out and wins. Made an enormous 40-foot putt. It was the craziest 70-second hole. Yeah. Like, he, he absolutely boned a chip and then hits it to, like, 40 feet and, <laughs> and makes it. this putt. That was in the playoff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was a hysteria broke, broke out after he's crying everywhere, dropping F-bombs, uh, in the interview. It was, that was cool to see. I thought that was, I was going to say, which if I may, you know, with everything going on recently and in the world of men's professional golf, it's, it's really awesome to see a guy win an event like that and to see how much it truly means to him. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool, but literally Randy. What about China? Well, listen, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. You know, we'll tune into the trap draw when TC and I break down the whole China situation. Uh, yeah, moving on from uh, the professional golf scene. I know we had, we had a podcast earlier this week, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, with Max Holma, kind of reacting to announcements that were made on the PGA Tour, um, kind of reaction to the live developments from this past week. Um, Randy, I was just curious as to what you think of, uh, you know, you weren't on the podcast earlier this week, but curious what you think of kind of the new PGA tour schedule, the kind of more elevated events. Uh, I think a little differently about it after having some time to digest it, but I'm wondering if you had any reaction. I didn't think, I didn't think we could elevate past the already elevated. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Sir, guys, I can't, I'll be really can't honest. Pull, can't pull over any further. I, I can't pull, I can't, we can't elevate this elevated event any further doesn't do a whole lot for me i i, I will say it's I, I think it's good I, I think it's a step in the right direction in terms of shrinking the guys eligible to win the fedex cup and to make the pool of guys having to play for their card larger i think that's a a, a good step in the right direction but beyond that i'm not sure how it materially changes much for me as a fan i guess i i don't know i i would be curious solly what you know, with, with time to reflect on your side, what, what you think? I think what kind of drove initial apathy towards it was the initial report or whatever that said there was going to be eight big money cash grab events in the fall, which ended up not being the case. Which right? was extremely untrue. It was not true. And it turns out that there's going to be potentially three cash grab events in the fall. And I almost throw those as like, Man, that's the play to keep the top guys happy. I think they're going to be pretty optional from a viewing perspective. I don't think they're really meant for fans, and that's okay. Or like, it they're... could be a total petri dish, and like it's kind of like, yo, these guys are going to win. Like we're going to give them a bunch of money for showing up to these. Let's it's do not... some weird shit. Yeah, like like we can do some weird shit. We can do some and I'm weird formats. I'm not holding out hope for yeah. that, but and that's almost an aside to like, uh, it's kind of almost distracting even the initial reaction, and we contributed to that kind of you know. With, at least I did with things I said on Twitter, but now realizing the PGA tour season goes from January to August. And we have, you know, of course we have the four majors and then we have the century, the Genesis, the Arnold Palmer, the players, the match play, the FedEx St. Jude and the BMW all now, you know, century's 15, but every, everything else is $20 million. And then the players goes to $25 million. So it seems like there's going to be the events that, you know, everybody shows up for the players because it's the biggest purse, right? And now you have a bunch more tournaments that are $20 million. Like everyone's going to show up for them. That's about all we can ask for as fans for what we're going to get out of PGA Tour entertainment. And I think that's a strong development. 
and it keeps it concise. It makes there's a whole new thing for the sickos to follow who keeps a status or who, you know, kind of earns their status in the fall. Um, you know, and the, you know, the, the, the haves will go and collect big cash in the fall and the have nots will have to grind for cards. I think that's a good division of it for that type of the, that part of the season. And it makes the FedEx cup season part of the reason why it's a big joke. It's like, it's way too long, like extremely too long. And it's way too many events. And if there's less events, the events you do have mean more. Exactly. And I think that's, that that's what they've no. done. And I think that's better for golf fans. Why I don't understand why they don't just get a, get away from fall golf. Just just have a big off season. Because they Let's still tell guys, you, yeah, they I'll, still need the. I'll tell you why. It's they're one. They're mandated to put on golf tournaments, and like pro golfers will go play other places, and they don't want that in the fall. Like especially in at this time, like what live would if they did if they got rid of fall golf, live would literally post up in the fall and be like, come play this now, and then guys would definitely sue the tour to try to play both. And that's a recipe for disaster for the tour. Which is interesting because aside from like all the tour officials, a lot of their earnings deriving from like the number of starts. So I, I understand where the incentives lie. Like why is – I could live in that world where like I pay attention to PGA Golf January to August and then the live stuff is like – I don't know. It wouldn't really be my cup of tea, but – Yo, if you want to like tune into a twenty million dollar fifty four hole no cut shotgun, like there it is for you. But Randy, that's kind of what they're doing. I mean, you don't have to watch the fall events. Like, I think to Randy's point, like a, a potential compromise with Live yeah. would be like, hey, let the Live thing happen in the fall, and then the PGA Tour season happens from January to August. Right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, because then the, you know. Like you said, just the, the the there is something to like the less events the PGA Tour puts on than the more that they do the the ones that that are going. On. It just makes it more special. It makes yeah. it more important. You know, I, I think the current calendar where it's damn near you know eleven and a half months or seemingly 40, that forty six events. It just all flattens and bleeds together, and it's like. I, I, you know, every other major sport has a very defined off season and, you know, major league baseball players can go play in the Dominican and they can go play in the Venezuelan league. I, you know, I don't, I understand why the PGA tour doesn't want to do it, but it, in my mind, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I think the, but uh, just to that, I think that's basically what this is though. It's a bunch of optional non points based golf for the big stars in the fall. And a bunch of guys grinding for their cards. And and that is very ignorable if you're ready to take a break from golf. So All right. I, you guys I, let me ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about I it. I think may- so a couple of things I've got. One of them is I hope there's I hope this is like step one in a because it feels a little bit like they're making it up as they go, which they probably are because this is all happening in real time. They, they haven't done a whole lot the last two or three years trying like they got through COVID and all that, but like this is they're starting from behind here, right? So they're catching up. This is kind of gets them back to square one. Now I want to see what they do. Do you, you know, do you forge a, a stronger alliance with the European tour? And then, because I think there's a real opportunity to have, and I know Rory's chomping at the bit for this, to get more of a global tour. Like you, you know, you, I would say integrate the Australian Open, integrate the, you know, three or four events in the British Isles. Like, exactly like what they've done with the Scottish Open this year. Do that with the Irish Open as well. Do it with, take, like, you know, take some of the the pressure off 
of the 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 Irish Open to generate a bunch of revenue and go to dog shit courses like Mount Juliet, like you know, go to real links courses and free them up and focus on the TV product on that, you know. Yeah, that's where I, I uh, would love that as a fan. I just think their priorities have gotten even further from the entertainment aspect from the fans' perspective because it's just a desperate – it's a desperate – like the ratings don't really matter to them as it would appear now anyways. So it's but, a, every move they make is going to be to try to desperately keep as many players as possible. No, right? but I think I think thinking structurally about the tour and about TV deals and about global contracts as well because especially if you're going to stand up a – a three events thing. Cause it basically this says, all right, the WGCs have been an abject failure, like failure with a capital F and uh, you know, like Tim, Tim Fincham, get the fuck out of here, man. I think the players would probably not call them failures cause they have gotten rich off of them. Yeah. But they're just like so poorly concepted. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like they, they didn't serve their, their purpose other than just distributing money to the players. But I think, you know, standing up with three tournament, you know, international deal, who knows if that's, you know, if the Zozo and the CJ Cup are part of that as well. But you would think that, like, if they could build a little bit more critical mass and and do some stuff around, you know, even if it's in the Middle East, right? Do do one and, you know, kind of integrate the race to Dubai into this and, you know, the two or three British Isles events and, you know, one in Australia and that sort of thing. You've got, like, an eight to ten you know, we got eight to 10 international events a year then. And then that feels like more, feels more coherent, more cogent. It feels like a world golf tour. You feel it's not the PGA tour of the United States. It's the, like, it's the world, the world golf tour, right? Something else too, is I feel like if you're a, let's say you're a title sponsor of an event that's not elevated and you see them this problem netting up all these, cause they're, they haven't gone to these, sponsors yet and said like this stuff's coming out of the reserve fund i would i would be saying hey like why like we're 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 fronting the entire purse here why are you going to these other sponsors and netting up their purse and making their their tournament more and more valuable now granted i know they pay you know an additional money as it is to get the elevated event in the first place but it just feels like you know a little bit like they're netting up specific ones and playing favorites it seems like it's very early in the process for them to have announced this, right? And I think they are losing the PR battle very, very, very badly. Trying to get some e- some easy Ws. Right? I, I think so. I think they end up, um, I would say, for a very uh, not well-versed or uh, a group of people, they look like they are they, – they, it makes it look like Phil's right, basically, is what uh, I heard a lot of this week on Twitter, which was – Probably bots. I, I would hope it's bots, and uh, I do mean offense to that. If if like you, the worst is when it's you, not a bot. Yeah, if you like, said that and you're not a bot, yeah. I do mean offense with that because it's a gross misunderstanding of how um, the PGA Tour works in general. Uh, it it apl- implies that Phil, when he said that there was 800 million dollars sitting around, uh, it implies that that is remotely accurate. When it's not, they are very transparent about how much money is in the reserve fund and why it exists and why we just saw it come to use. Uh, during the pandemic and exactly why that is the case and why basically every company around the world operates that way. Our company included, we have a reserve fund, if you will. Um, you can argue that their reserve fund that, is... You guys think we do. Is, is big, <laughs> you know, is too big. Like, you can argue on the size of the reserve fund. You right? can, but, but it like, it, it, they would have been... It's, it's know, an ultra-conservative organization as well. They would have lost 70 to 80% yeah. of it in the pandemic if they, like, would not were not able to stand up golf tournaments. And it's just a complicated 
organization. And they've been, so they're basically out in front saying, we're upping this amount. Some of it's going to come from sales. Like we're going to, we're going to have to sell this in the future. Some which of the it, fans get fucked. Some, yeah. Some of it's going to come from existing sponsors, which we haven't talked to yet. And some of it's coming from this reserve fund, um, which I think the amount coming from it is even less than they're tapping into already this year. Which, and it's all coming from this monster TV deal that was just signed. Exactly. And there's a monster TV deal that is going up annually in, in, in price or in, in annual income is going to continue going up for the next eight years. So purses are going to keep going up and this is not the end of it. It looks now like a gross reaction to everything. And maybe they are too late in doing it or communicating or giving off the impression this would be the case. Uh, I still think the amount of money pales in comparison to what is being thrown out yep. there. And I don't think it necessarily changes anyone's mind. Uh, I mean, I think, I think Abe answer is getting more money straight up than the total increases that they just announced, which is kind of wild. It was funny. Their total increases were $54 million. 53.8 million, <laughs> which is, yeah, I, I would have chosen something different than that. But yeah, I mean, it seems like for a while, like it's really weird for me to be on the tour side on a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, I've been called a dick rider a bunch <laughs> this week and like, that's weird, right? Cause I, yeah. I've shit on the tour. I've made a living off of shitting on the tour for the last three, four five years. But like it, it behooves, like me as a golf fan, and in my opinion, it behooves me for the PGA Tour to like be strong. Yeah, like I like 100%. watching the Genesis. I like watching Pebble Beach. I like you know I I like the PGA Tour schedule. Do I think there's too many players with cards? Absolutely. Do I think they've done an exceptionally poor job both internal and external communications? Absolutely. Like, do I think that there's guys out there, Peter Malnati, things of that nature, that make way too much money? Absolutely. Do I think Rory and Rom and those guys are underpaid? Yes. Like it's all those things are true. Like the tour is far from perfect, but I'd much, much rather the tour be like the tour, which is, you know, owned by the players, regardless of whether they act like it or believe that or not, than some, you know, foreign government, you know, yeah. regardless of whether it's the Saudis or not. Like right. I, I would rather there, and it's based here in the States. Like all those things to me are positives for the PGA tour. Let's, Let's keep working on this, yeah. you know. I, I, but I, but I do think like Jay saying in his presser that like he's he's not gonna like he still hasn't talked to the PGL guys or he still hasn't like, you know. There's some structural deficiencies with the P, way the PGA Tour is set up and the fact that he hasn't even opened the door and then in the next sentence basically has the audacity to say like, oh yeah, like you know, like we're listening, we're creative, right. we're willing to explore all options. Like no, you're not because you won't even pick up the fucking phone. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the biggest mistakes they made throughout this whole. And they've carried, you know, themselves, I think, overall with, uh, you know, they did too much of a victory lap in February. Uh, they were releasing statements on behalf of Dustin Johnson, announcing his. Fly the banner, baby. You know, you know commitment to the PGA Tour that ended up looking very silly. What's the tally on guys that have said they're not doing it that are gone? Because it's Bryson, it's DJ, Brooks. Kepka. Uh, Pat Perez, I think, was pretty staunchly against it. It's why, like, what especially sucks about all that is it's why Morikawa has to get super peeved about, you know, has to come out and declare yet again because we've seen so many of his peers straight up lie or change their minds or be deceiving and dishonest. So now, like, we have to hear it from everyone's. Like, if you don't come out and say it, I'm suspicious at this point. Well, I really That's am. like Fleetwood's being floated in rumors, and it's like, I guess... You know, it was in the London Times. Yeah, Corrigan today. wrote it, and I guess she was out. You know, Tommy's wife Claire was out at and Slash's agent was out at uh, Centurion. Centurion, and you know, from everything I've heard, I don't think like it would probably make sense for Tommy to go with. 
But on the flip side, you know, he's he's a cut maker, and if you don't have a cut, that's not a good thing. But but no, like I, you know, Tommy, like I, I personally, I can't see him going at least right not right now. But there's a whole other wave of guys. Like you know, I don't think Kokrak's announced, but like like I, I'd be shocked if like a Varner like Varner doesn't go at the end of this. Like there's a, there's more guys that are gonna going. like like basically try to get both the FedEx Cup money and then go play the last four or five live events at the end of the year. Uh, Wolf is teeing it up this week. Like he just announced, like, I don't think that's as huge of a loss as it would have looked like two years ago. Cause I don't think like Matt Wolf wants to be playing golf in five or 10 years, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm worn uh, out, man. A Eugenio, I assume that's how you say it. Uh, a Eugenio Shikara. Eugenio. Yeah. Eugenio Shikara. Yeah. A Eugenio Suarez is a former red third baseman. That's, like, how, that's uh, how he pronounced you, it. But We'll talk about the Reds in just a second. Okay. The Oklahoma State amateur who has just announced he will be signing with Liv. GSE. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, which, it's you know, he's, I guess he'll fit right in too because it sounds like one of his teammates at Oklahoma State was going to transfer if he was still on the team. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard from guys that he took official visits to their school and they hosted him and like he got in a fist fight at, at like on an official visit with guys on the team. Uh, just the fucking madman. He's a ball striker. I watched him. Yeah. At, he was in the Jacksonville tournament. And he hit like every green, I think, in the tournament over 50, at least over 36 holes. He had hit every green. I don't know if it was Corrigan that wrote that about Fleetwood. It was in UK golf guys that it was in the times, which I assumed to be the London times. Okay. And Corrigan writes for the telegraph. But so I don't uh, know. Okay. I don't know how credible the report was that UK golf guy had tweeted out. I just saw Corrigan said, and Claire going back and forth yeah, in our mentions. It had said uh, also that Henrik Stenson, which I've heard just keep an eye on the Stenson situation that, you know, yeah. he's, you know, signed up to be the Ryder cup captain. But uh, I think it was yeah. in that article. It says also that, Hey, he said that and signed onto that when it looked like the Saudi thing wasn't going to happen. And now that it is, um, and I believe he's represented by the same group as Poulter and Horsfeld and all those guys. So, um, that's another one. Mm. Very, very interesting. That to would keep be an eye wild. On. If that would be insane. Sitting. It really would. Which it's kind of like it kind of feels like a minor week this week. We only had Kepka answer and uh, Wolf announced this week. It sounds just, like Ortiz is going to Portland as well. Is he? I don't think he's announced yet, but I think they're going to dribble that one out tomorrow. Another knock on my on my international side, Randy. Which I don't know. Are mm. the international guys going to get? I mean, their qualification for the International Presidents Cup team is through OWGR. So I, I wonder if. Like if you go it's to live, are you a, off the International Presidents Cup team? But it's still a, a you know, PGA Tour sanctioned event, right? right? I just wonder if that maybe is a little bit different. That, that would be pretty big double standard if they let those guys play in a you know non revenue or non <laughs> non payout Presidents Cup and then suspended everybody else. Like that would that would be kind That'd of be a tough. Just looking at the deal. international team standings, we have Cam Smith, Hideki. I've heard a lot of rumors about Hideki, but I don't know anything about that. Um, Sungjae, who seems solid for the PGA Tour. Joaquin Neiman, a part of a ton of rumors. Which Sungjae shocks me, because you would think, like, with Steve Loy and the Phil stuff, and they'd want to get a big-time Korean. Nobody loves PGA Tour golf more than Sungjae, though. The guy plays every week. There's just not enough live events for him. <laughs> Neiman, heard a million, I heard a million things both directions. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Abe Answer gone. Corey Connors is safe. Mito, I've heard a, bunch, a million things, but I would have thought that would have been announced by now if it was true. Adam Scott, I still don't know where he stands on all this. Um, he's said he's been interested in the past. And then you get into like K.H. Lee, Mackenzie Hughes, Sebastian Munoz, Adam Hadwin, Eric Van Roy, and Leash Lahiri. Like, 
looking it's looking tough for your international team. I'm, I'm sorry to say. We've it, had our backs up against the wall before. U.S. has lost Who's a lot of this? assets, though. This is only going to make them stronger. <laughs> I just feel bad for Max. You know, he, he's all pumped up about making a team. He's going to make the team on default now. Because <laughs> guys are leaving left and right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I will say we've been right on the rumors for the most part. Right? Like, we hear a lot of rumors. There's a bunch of guys. I sh- can't believe Big Dig Rick hasn't gone yet. I guess there's some back and forth with him and his wife. Wife doesn't want him to go. He wants to go. Da 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 da. Couple other guys like Big Tone keeps getting floated, but I I feel like for the most part we hear a lot of rumors. We haven't reported a lot of them. The ones we have reported, we've been a pretty high hit rate on. I'd say so. Wolf took a little longer to get announced than I thought it would. I thought um, they announced it like last <laughs> I did, week. Yeah, I, I did. Like <laughs> it was out there twenty yeah. days ago or something yeah. like that when the Perez uh, thing was happening as well. But uh, no, I yeah. So him and Bubba, him and Bubba were in the. The teaser or whatever, so I assume Bubba's yeah. only a matter of time. But um, Paul Casey, I would assume. I mean, it just seems like, man, it's like we got to do another almost every week. It's like you got to sign in and be like, "Yep, I'm still, I'm good, I'm good still." And then you just got to hope you don't. I, I guess the the risk of that is you end up looking like Kepka, which I I don't know if that was even. I tweeted that out, just went back to his February 23rd press conference, um, saying like, "Oh yeah, they'll get they'll get their guy, they'll change their offers, they'll get the guy, somebody will sell out." I was, was gonna say like, it's not just perfect. the fact that. He says no. Like, it's one thing to flip-flop and change your mind and situations change, whatever. It's another thing to, like, like of course, Brooks is going to be the one that, that steps up and, and sounds like a total chode. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I I really do think, I again, it's all the bots probably on Twitter that, that come in and say, like, you know, oh, you made a career move. Oh, why wouldn't you take all the money? Blah, blah, blah. You would take it, too. As I, I think I honestly and truly think we are so, so incredibly early and what they owe the Saudis. Oh, like, yeah. It is, like, those guys own you. And based on several conversations I've had this past week, I think we have somehow underestimated what they're capable of and how uh, how they, how this will pr- almost in all likelihood over the years play out. It's I agree. Al- a virtual guarantee that uh, you're going to be asked to do some things that are so far outside the scope of what you possibly imagined you'd sign up for. Yeah. And good luck saying no. Good luck saying no. Gosh, and then imagine yeah. like signing your career away to that though. I mean, like money's great. It is. It is great. We all, everyone listening to this probably does work of some kind for money, but like, is it worth? I always say this. Like everyone's like, oh, you would take the money. It's like, dude, I can make a shitload of money as a drug dealer if I wanted to. If I wanted to live a super risky life, and like that's what these guys have signed up for. You should rent rent through. Uh, Went through Enterprise. <laughs> you, get, you get cocaine. In I saw vehicle. that. No, I mean shit. Like they've they reached out to us a, a few years ago. Yeah. During the you know the initial the first Saudi, Saudi international, international yeah. events, and then since then, and just it's like I'm sure we could have cleared a few million bucks, right? Like it, it wasn't even a conversation. No. The the one guy that keeps coming up that he sounds more and more solid for the PGA Tour. I, I'll just give him some props. Team Rose. Yeah. Excel, Excel, shocking, shocking, holding the line. But I think we do. uh, This was uh, somebody said this earlier that the uh, the public lives supporters now have uh, Reed, Bryson, uh, Trump, the guys who did 9-11, Clay Travis, Ari Flesher, Kevin Na and OJ Simpson. I knew you were going to bring my (laughs) Uncle Jason. TC, at some point, we got to talk about that. We got to we got to have a real conversation about your Uncle Juice, which we heard a little birdie. This is for the real journalists to follow up on and find out. I don't know if it's final yet, but at least there's chatter about 
potentially MBS and or DT going to be on site at the event this week in Portland. And MBS is coming to D.C. this week anyway. Or New York or something. Yeah, he's coming to the East Coast this week anyway. And then what a nightmare for the Secret Service. I mean, not only like, you know, going to a golf tournament, right, Uh, which is like out in Pumpkin Ridge, so over the mountains. But you're in Portland. You've got mountains on one side. You've got a river and a bunch of bridges on another side. It's all, it's like a freaking cesspool of extremists on both sides of the equation. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I was going to say Portland doesn't play. It, I mean, they 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 <laughs> yeah. keeps it real in Portland. <laughs> yeah, Randy. I mean, God, you remember when we were out there? Uh, Hell yeah, I last summer we we went went down through you know down to the courthouse and crazy man. Oh my God, dude! It uh, keeps it real. Do you think anyone that's done, that's signed up is is kind of had a oh shit man like what did we do moment yet? I'm sure they will this week when like at some point they'll be sequestered in their hotel downtown Portland. Like there's I don't know where they're staying, but I'm sure you'd find like figure it out pretty pretty quickly because there's not that many like four or five star hotels in downtown Portland. And uh, it was one thing to do this you know outside London, but I think to to now do it <laughs> yeah. in the U S is uh, man it's going to be I I I can't. I, you know, I scheduled this a long time ago, a vacation where I was going to skip this and I was going to skip the John Deere classic this week. Okay. I was going to schedule that. And it looks like, I don't think there is a good week to take a vacation now, but, uh, this week does not look like a good one because it is shit's about to pop off. I have a feeling. So I'm, I'm actually going to the John Deere classic. Oh, you are. That's right. You're going, you're <laughs> taking your son there. That's going to be I exciting. Freddie, Freddie and the franchise are going to the John Deere classic. <laughs> More to come. Trip. Um, Mick Doyle 5592 asked any info on Brandel Chambly's earlier tweet on live prize money being part of each player's signup cash. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to take Brandel seriously at this point. Brandel is, uh, it's sad. Yeah. It's, I, I, I can't like when I'm, when I'm agreeing with Michael Collins <laughs> on something like that's, Collins, that's tough. Michael Collins went in calling it total bullshit. Uh, a source had told him it's total bullshit. He has the money. Schwartzel has the money. It's been transferred to him. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The person next to me has seen the transfer, so this is an out-and-out out lie. Um, so I, we had heard this. This has been going around about, you know, is the money – do some guys have deals where they got, you know, they got uh, advances on future earnings? Which I think some guys did. I, it, it's TBD. There's, you know, we uh, we don't know. It's not a universal policy if it is a policy at all, but there is some fine print, I believe, in some of the contracts with the live guys about, you know, the actual money they're getting. But I don't know the answer to that, but – uh, Brandel's getting um, put in his place with a lot of that, but yeah, he's he's gone to the extreme on this. And, uh, just like he, you know, he, he's just he's lost the plot, like he's lost reality. Yeah, just like he did with the rollback stuff when he flip flopped on that. Yeah, he, TC's just mad he got blocked. Oh, well, yeah, it is a pain in the ass because every time you guys got a, got a screenshot of me and all that stuff, I just yeah, like he's just it's a waste because I I think like Brandel's got he obviously speaks passionately and committed and vociferously but it's like it's another thing when like clearly you you're outgunned on something or you know you're not on good ground with something on a much lighter note you want to give us a breakdown of the slime cup oh my god (laughs) guys the slime cup was sick i looked i haven't seen it yet but you ruined the result for me but i'm yeah so yeah i I told freddie i was gonna be on and he saw some of the commercials we were watching and he was all excited yesterday this was you know, it, was, it was on at 8 p.m. on Saturday night on Nickelodeon and Nicktoons. And um, ended up, 
you know, he's super excited. It's like 7.15. He's super excited. It's 7.30. He falls asleep at 7.40. There's no chance he was getting back up for it. So I'm like, all right, we'll watch it in the morning. It'll be, it'll be coffee golf, you know? Not to interrupt you, sorry. Ortiz is next and now announced okay. for, for Lit. Which, there's, there's one more guy that's going to be announced that I know of. I don't know if it's for this week or for, you know, a future week for Chicago or Boston or wherever. Randy, you're going you're gonna to laugh your ass off. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it. I can't say it right now, uh, but it's it's hilarious. But anyway, Slime Cup. So turn it on this morning. And um, so it's Lexi is the pink team. Or no, the, the, the orange team. She's got Saquon Barkley on her team. Uh, Morikawa had uh, Terry Crews on his team. Uh, and then, like, each of them had a kid on their team as well. Uh, and then Rom had Justin Herbert. Which Randy he carried himself with poise. Like Randy's talked so much shit about Justin Herbert on the trap draw. You don't win. He's he's the best quarterback of all time, and he's he just doesn't do jack shit. <laughs> he was. I was super impressed with him. Uh, Terry Crews' son, I think, was on. He was on either his team or JT's team, and then JT had a team, and JT had. Uh, God, who was his his athlete? Who uh, could say? I'm trying to think, but anyway, it was it was so basically there was a. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like pizza hole that they had like they had to eat. Um, there was like uh, spin the wheel and you had to spin it. And there was like a pizza with jelly beans and gummy worms on it. There was a pizza with asparagus and marshmallows on it. You know all this stuff. And and then there was there was another challenge where like they had to slingshot something and hit the hit a cart that was moving around out there. Like the golf course they filmed it at was like, it was kind of rough. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, so then it kind of all leads into Morikawa got totally alphaed by Terry Crews. Mm. Like Morikawa <laughs> just like, he, he, what a he, sentence. He looked like, like completely overwhelmed and out of place. Uh, so he, so he, he, he's him, an empty vessel. Him, he and Lexi got eliminated <laughs> early. Lexi was a great sport. And like, they're playing like JT was hitting, there was this Paw Patrol challenge where they're hitting, you know, like like Rom Rom lost one of the challenges, so so he had to hit shots with a with a SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> thing on, um, and then uh, like you know they're getting slimed. There's an air it horn going sweet. off. It's it was fun, man. Like the commercial load was a little heavy. I thought <laughs> I swear to God the commercial load was a little heavy. They had a they had a slime tracer, which was cool. Um, but no, it was like it was it was it was fast paced. Freddie didn't get bored. It was an hour long. It's great for the kids. Uh, and and so then they advanced to the uh, like you know there was this this club that was made out of dog bones from like Paw Patrol. Mm -hmm. They're hitting really good shots with that, and it was funny like their their actual shot shapes like stayed the same as what they are really normally. And then Rom had like this this super or Rom and JT had these super. Uh, like bent clubs as well. There was a WWE uh, lady on JT's that, that, team. Well, yeah. I can confirm uh, Nikki Bella, yeah. who was mm. JT's. Partner. I was I was not familiar with her work, but um, but anyway, then they 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 go to the Rose Bowl, and uh, it was it was too quick in the Rose Bowl. Like it was basically, you know, it was like two minutes timed, and you know they had to hit certain targets and everything, but the finish was insane jt just comes from they're way down they come from behind it was it was cinderella shit man it was awesome J, the game jt and rom were could not have been like more 
engaging and entertaining in it. Which I heard they get, they did that for free. Like yeah. The PGA Tour guys did not get paid for this thing. We which, texted Max this morning. We're like, yo, like, like I, get in the slime I was thinking of guys that would like be good in it. Like Finau would be great in it. Max would be great in it. Like trying to think about like like which which female Finau stars would be, would be great. Finau would be so it. good at that, yeah. Randy. <laughs> he might win it. <laughs> isn't it isn't it crazy? I I I think the big takeaway for me with the slime cup is maybe we should have uh people outside the game of golf be the ones responsible for trying to grow the game of golf. Love that. Basically anybody but NBC is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Maybe your boy Mark King at Taco Bell should take on, you know, <laughs> used to be at I know. At Taylor know. with the he, foot golf. He had some ideas. What Big uh, cups. like also it, they got to just do the slime like like a, a telecast at some point. Like a, like an hour or 2 hours. USGA should do it if nothing else. Like USGA, PGA of America. It's like somebody do an hour or 2 hours and just produce it like you did the the if I can stop you right here, let's just have them focus on what they got going right now. I don't need any more <laughs> no, no, curveballs. No. All they got to do is just give the feed to Nickelodeon because nope, that's what him. the NFL did, right? I know. Yeah, I guess it was really entertaining. I mean, it was yeah. funny. Yeah, it's good for kids. It's 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 and like I didn't it. understand it before, and now I have kids, and like when I flip on like it's JT, and and I know it's not real golf, but like yeah. when Freddie's interested in it, like it legitimately does help. Like when I when I turn on a major, he's like, "Oh, I that's yep. JT from you know, or that's that's John Rom. He was on the red team, Dada." That's truly growing the game. The red team. He's a Ferrari driver. <laughs> uh, you want to give a shout out to the uh, upcoming Cincinnati event? Yeah, we uh, we released it this week in our newsletter. Um, the it's it's in kind of the same. Uh, in synchronicity, I think you would call. Sure. Uh, with the Queen City, what's the, what's the LPGA Tour event called, Randy? Oh God, the Queen City Classic, maybe. Queen City Classic, the real Queen City. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Just stand down, Charlotte. We do, we don't need to hear from you. Yeah, Queen City LPGA Championship. Uh, it's presented by Kroger and uh, Procter and Gamble. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't. TC, you might Kroger. not be welcome. I'm, I might make a couple phone calls and and get you uh, barred from the court. Well, from what it sounds like, it sounds like Publix is is rolling deep up into there. Are all sorts of new stores they're opening up in Northern Kentucky, but <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, same weekend as that, it's September uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th. We're doing golf out at Springfield Country Club, where they have U.S. Open sectional qualifying, and then uh, we've got hospitality out at the LPGA event, kind of in between three holes. So you can see tee off on one hole, green on another hole, and then like the fairway on an adjacent hole as well. So I know there's, there's going to be skyline chili out there. Mm. We're, we're calling it the Queen City oh, yeah. four-way. Uh, we'll have a lot of friends, like college friends, family members. I know my parents are coming. Randy, I know your your family's going to be there as well. Uh, Sally, yeah. I hope your, your, your parents are going to make the I trip down are, from yeah. Columbus. So uh, it will kind of be a... NLU homecoming of sorts. Uh, we've got a few spots left. We just released it two or three days ago here. So get involved. Just get on our uh, refuge.nolangup.com. The events section is is open to the public there, so you can you can navigate that. And it's called the Queen City Four Way. Uh, so we're stoked for that and stoked to just it's kind of all day. Like it's, the golf's on Friday, and then we've got a, a meetup at Mad Tree Brewing on Friday night, and then all day at the LPGA event on Saturday and optional golf on Sunday if you're so inclined. But kind of trying to blow it out for this first first uh, Cincinnati LPGA event. So excited for it. Great. 
Very yeah, exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. And then otherwise, it was a cool article or a cool story told on our refuge message board here of late. Um, I think we put it up on our website as well. Um, just a really cool story about Anthony Kim uh, and a, a kind of a make-a-wish opportunity from, I'm not even sure how long ago it was, like 10, 10 or 15 years ago. And just kind of the, the, the friendship and the, the relationship that's blossomed from that. Uh, for somebody who's in our community and, and just just a fantastic story it like kind of made my week that was in our newsletter this this week uh, as well and uh, you can find our newsletter at newsletter.nolangup.com slash subscribe and then we got some merch updates yeah just nlu summer collection uh it's here in a big way uh we got some cool cool summer designs all sorts of kind of retro miami vice stuff we got some icy uh themed stuff and then we've got some some you know real kind of retro almost like that retro pebble logo as well so good stuff there we're working hard on the fall stuff the h&b fall stuff uh we're getting the samples this week in advance of taurus sauce cannot wait to get that stuff out into the wild it's going to be fantastic so all sorts of good stuff in the pro shop and it's getting better every week now we're kind of finally ahead of some of the supply chain issues uh, I'd like to close just by saying uh, a shout out to everyone that came out to the KPMG Women's PGA this week. Had a lot of people that came up and said, "Hey, I saw your tweet," and I decided to bring my kids out, and uh, they're having so much fun. KVV was out there with his daughter, and uh, at one point uh, she turned to him and said, "Like, Dad, this is so much fun," and uh, that was that was heartwarming. I think we've we've you know we've been pretty staunch in saying uh, if a LPGA event comes to your town or within earshot. Um, one, it's worth your time if you are a listener of this show, and especially if you have young kids, it is very, very, very much worth your time to be able to see very high-level golf, extremely close up, almost always with a great view of exactly what's going on. And uh, so thanks for the, to those that took us up on that and, uh, and, and came by to say hello. This was, uh, it was an awesome, awesome, awesome event to be at and uh, already can't wait for next year. At the Where Sraal. is it at? The Sraal. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So, so. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Sally, because I was I was going to say the same thing. Highlight of highlight of my week, getting to take uh, a couple pictures with some with some young ladies. My girl Virginia was so excited to tell me about the birdie she saw Lexi make. It was just <laughs> awesome to see, and and also some some guys just on their own. Yeah, who were like, you know, I've never been to an LPGA tournament, and God, I I you know I I think they had fun. I. I would do the same if, if you have a chance to get out there, even if you don't have kids, I, I think it's a great time. You can get up close and watch some really good golf. So what's next on the LPGA schedule? They have a few weeks off and then they play the Dow uh, team event up in back up in Michigan, Midland, Michigan. And then they go overseas for the Evian and then into the Scottish um, and then into the women's open. So, and then into Northern Ireland. And then in Northern Ireland, uh, watch out for our news. Our young hitter, Madeline Saxstrom is going to have a fun partner at Dow, I hear. So uh, more coming there. Sweet. Keep you posted. So with okay. that, be ready for some shit to pop off this week. Uh, just Bob Herrick just posted a couple articles just talking about uh, the prepared reaction around um, around the event in Portland, especially the mayor of uh of the the town the official town that the portland event is that going to be at i don't well, remember hillsborough the name or yeah 
is uh, has you know said we we believe we have a moral obligation to take a stand and speak out against this event in order to protect the people we serve. While our local jurisdictions may not be able to prevent this event, we stand together to voice our concerns about the unwelcomed potential risks, visitors, and harm this event could have on our communities. Pumpkin Ridge is it's it's really weird because it's like, like you think of Portland, you think of kind of the hills and, and the river and all that. Pumpkin Ridge is way out west, yeah. and it's like this flat farmland valley there, and it's it's going to be a really, really bizarre setting, I think. And I'll just ask the people that uh, you you take in, just keep an eye on, if you're going to watch it this week, keep an eye on the, uh, the propaganda that comes from the telecast and those that will be reporting on what's happening outside of it uh, around Portland in terms of, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of, oh, there's so many fans here, and we're welcomed with open arms. and Crisis actors. Huh? I, yeah, I don't think that's going to be the reality of it, but I could very well be wrong. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how the uh, the uh, independent news sources handle that versus uh, the propaganda machines. So Yeah, and just keep, I would say, keep an eye on who's who's bought and paid for on, on Instagram, on Twitter, all that stuff. <laughs> Shout out to Dirty Mike. Yeah. All right, we will. <laughs> Dirty uh, Mike rules. <laughs> We'll wrap it at that. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here, and we'll see you back here this time next week. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 